Hi, my name is Lillian O'Brien Davis, and I'm the curator of exhibitions and public programs at Gallery 44, Center for Contemporary Photography. I'm joined by Adrienne Scott, who is an artist currently working in Toronto. She makes work that takes a material stance to photography to explore themes such as natural history, forgery, and fantasy. She is a graduate of the BFA program at the University of Ottawa and a recipient of the Edmund and Isabel Ryan Scholarship in Photography. She has also participated in interdisciplinary projects through programs such as the 2017 Montreal Contemporary Music Lab, and she has shown in exhibitions throughout Ontario, including at the Gladstone Hotel and Idea Exchange, and most recently presented at a solo exhibition at Karsh Mason Gallery in Ottawa. And even more recently, <laughs> we're delighted to welcome Adrian uh, into our vitrine uh, exhibition space for uh, an exhibition opening September 10th called Sandbox. So welcome, Adrian. Um, I am so happy to be chatting with you today. I'm so thrilled that we can have your exhibition open at Gallery 44 after months and months of uncertainty. It's we've made it this far and I'm so happy that we can welcome the public back into the space. So I'm hoping today we can just talk a little bit about your exhibition, in particular the like process that you uh, use to make your work, because I think there's a really interesting combination of line and pattern and material in your work. I'm also really interested in the like scanning and collage processes that you take on. So I was wondering if you wanted to walk me through your process a little bit from some of the sketches you shared to the final product. Sure. Um, uh, firstly, uh, thanks so much for the introduction and um, hi and thanks for um, having me to chat today. Um, in terms of the process for the works that I'm showing in this exhibition at Gallery 44. There's two sort of separate bodies of work that are being shown together. So there's uh, cyanotypes um, as well as um, images that are sort of like photomontages, uh, but mainly made by collage and scanning. And the way that I um, approach uh, photography is I usually collect a lot of materials first before um, arriving at kind of a finished product and that's shown through a lot of the materials that I have leading up to that final image. Um, so the final images that you would see in this show. So for example, for the cyanotypes that are being shown, the starting point for those images was plastic bags that I had maybe like sewn into quilt forms. And I was um, playing with the idea of um, the scenes creating a kind of structure or architecture within an image, but then those would also be layered on top of um, images that I had been working on for a different series that had kind of failed. And those images were also the product of like collecting different natural objects um, and scanning them with different backgrounds that were like made by manipulating light and space uh, with scanners. So 
that kind of collection of uh, different objects and uh, different images gets recycled within the images that I end up producing. I'm interested in the kind of like accumulation of material that you talk about with like the, you know, the sewn together plastic bags and the other materials that you find. And I'm curious, like how you pick or like select the material that you want to work with. There's a lot of trial and error and there's a lot of there's a lot of materials that I accumulate like both digitally and um, physically that I don't end up using or I end up that end up not being useful. So for example, um, like I moved about a year ago and I had had just like three um, like large bins of, I don't know, detritus, I guess, that I had kind of been keeping on hand to scan or to photograph or to like arrange in still life to draw. And some of them, like maybe a tenth of it ended up being useful. So to answer your question, I guess, I don't end up knowing what's going to be useful when I collect it. I just kind of have to bring it home and then keep it for a long time and then hope that it ends up being useful for something. And then with uh, with things that I can keep digitally, that's a lot easier because it takes up less space and I can just, you know, go through my hard drive and uh, print out an image if I want to reuse it and reconfigure it in some way. Yeah, the exhibition title Sandbox, I know like in your writing about it, you've talked about how it refers to like a, a zone for like experimentation or invention, like a sort of contained space of activity. But I also wonder like talking about kind of collecting things and holding on to them and then finding them like useful maybe later down the road. I wonder if you think about like intuition at all yeah, absolutely. Um, I think when I like first started um, collecting objects to use, I would have been still in my BFA and like mainly doing paintings. And um, I would collect things to uh, like make still lifes out of the objects that I was collecting and then paint them and, you know, make finished paintings out of them. So in terms of uh, like the idea of intuition, um, like towards objects, I think that like that's very related in terms of uh, the objects that I ended up, that I usually end up being drawn towards. So I'm usually collecting things that I think are going to be like interesting textures or are going to be interesting, like layered with other objects that I already know um, that I have. And usually when I'm collecting things, there's a particular taste to them. So I'm usually looking for like natural objects or objects that have like show age in some way. So the first objects that I started collecting were when I was still in my undergrad and I was doing paintings. Um, and I, so I would collect objects to make paintings of these objects and the objects that I was collecting were uh, root systems from um, kind of a lot that was close to my mother's house that had been clear cut for um, development. And so a lot of the objects that were uh, thrown up from the ground from this like process of clear cutting were um, like fragment, uh, fragmented root systems and a lot of plants that had been torn up. And so those like organic systems, like root systems were really 
were really interesting to me and are still really interesting to me. Yeah, I can definitely see that reflected in some of the the pieces that I've seen from your body of work in terms of these sort of like for sample or something something along those lines where you're kind of able to see under the ground and the kind of like density and activity of materials that that are found in the in the ground, especially with the kind of layering of different materials. Yeah, there's there's it's a record of something yeah Um, I really like that idea the Toronto Island beaches are a really good um indication of like exactly what you're describing where um like the water is also something that like sifts out um things to the beach um and so you have all of this litter that's being washed up um and often it's like really ugly but you have this kind of history um that's coming up yeah. yeah, yeah, there's a different sort of like time scale that's sort of contained within these materials. And I guess like one of the major questions that is kind of affecting affecting everyone, but uh, in particular, I've had a few different conversations with artists about how their like making process has changed during COVID. Um, but also I think like, one of the impacts is, you know, having an exhibition that, that was supposed to happen on a, like one date and now the timeline was extended so much. And so you end up uh, in many cases sitting with the work for much longer than you may have, um, you know, if we were supposed to have done this show a year ago without COVID. And so I'm curious, like, uh, if you have felt that like the process for making this particular body of work has been affected at all by by the pandemic that's a great question and the answer is like 100 yes i think approaching this exhibition i had already finished all the work probably six or seven months before it was actually more than six or seven months before it was scheduled to be shown initially and then the exhibition date has been rescheduled um several times so looking back at the work is an interesting experience um, because I don't really work this way anymore. Um, The projects that I've been working on during the pandemic are like, there's one main project that I've been working on, but it's collaborative and it's uh, like an animation project that is very specifically like with other people. So uh, an experience that I've had during the pandemic is that I've had it be very difficult to do work that is just for me (laughs) and to feel like the creative work is valuable to do. A thing that has kept me going is working with other people. And and so it's it's definitely a challenging experience to uh, like show work that um, in some ways you're already past in your own practice because it had been finished for a long time um, or a couple of years. But it's also an interesting experience to show work that um, in some ways doesn't even feel as relevant to me as it once was. Once again, it's a record um, of a particular stage in your practice or in the evolution of your practice. I guess like going from that and as you say, like your practice has been evolving, but there's these pillars or kind of 
thematics that you have kind of anchored or like framed your work around, which is natural history, forgery, and fantasy. And these, they're really intriguing to me. They all in like, you know, their different offshoots have a lot of sort of like intrigue around them. And so I'm quite curious to hear you sort of expand a little bit on how these three pillars or like kind of areas of interest maybe intersect or don't in, in your work or like how how you see them appearing. I think the the natural history piece has been uh, very closely tied to the idea of like collecting objects and so and then closely tied to the idea of observation which is like in some ways married to the idea of photography and in some ways not and then in terms of uh, forgery, um, when I had started making images um, that were scans, um, I was most interested in making objects that looked like um, they were historical objects. And so I would use um, scanners to kind of obstruct the, the fact that I had made them and that they were um, kind of sculptures that needed help to be um, art objects. Um, and so I used um, photography as a kind of way to lie and for, for it to not soften the, the, the edges of, of those objects, but for it to carve out a kind of universe for those to exist in. Um, and and then fantasy, I think, is closely tied to, to, um, to that idea as well, that, that things can exist in images where they just can't exist elsewhere. And in the images that I'm like showing in this body of work, I do try to work, you know, spatially, um, even though, you know, they're abstract works. Um, I do try for them to have you know their teeth in some kind of world one of the things that came to mind as you were talking was also like the question of scale like the vitrine space is sort of like a finite space to begin with and then within that space you've determined like the specific size for these prints and I'm curious like when you think about producing the work is, is this like a typical scale that you gravitate towards or was this something that you sort of altered in order to consider the like scale of the latrines or how did you, how do you determine that in, in terms of that, those worlds that you're mentioning? This, the scale of these works because the individual pieces are generally quite small. It was, it was a materials question because the, the quality of the images um, as I was making them was grainy. And so I needed to conserve the, uh, as much integrity with the images as possible because the ways that I was making um, like the scanned images and uh, the scan and collage images in these, uh, in the vitrines for this show was I would, I would scan some prints on ace tape that I had that were very much like the eight and a half by 11 scale, like whatever I could print out on my printer. Um, and then I would scan those maybe with other 
images that I'd printed out in the background that were maybe related to my practice previously, um, and then invert those and then really, uh, I would print those out again on maybe different colored paper, scan those again, and then invert them. So um, the quality of the images was very controlled by like the quality of prints that I could get from my printer. Um, so if I were to print those larger, and I have tried, it really deteriorates the uh, the images. So, and when I'm working, you know, there are images that can kind of hold their own when they're backlit from a screen, and then it narrows down when you print those out and you put them up for a while, and then if you like sit with them for a week, some of those images then start to fall away from the pack. And then once you narrow down from those images and try to print those out on like good paper, uh, then even then some of those like start to narrow down. So um, they're small because they didn't look good otherwise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like you, you describing that process, it, you know, it sounds, it's methodical and it sounds like not curatorial per se, but there's a sort of interesting like, elimination of certain pieces depending on you know you were saying it's almost like a quality control like but I'm wondering also like when you do start with such a kind of like large array or a large selection of work where and you're prolific in your making like you know we were talking about intuition um, in terms of selecting materials at the beginning of the process mm -hmm. but then when you come and there's a proliferation of work that you've created like is there an in intuitive um aspect to your process in terms of narrowing down which ones you choose yes these are going to be presented versus um no I'm, I'm keeping these i'm tucking these away <laughs> mm -hmm. as like process works or something i mean i guess the idea of uh whenever i'm exhibiting work i feel like to mitigate the anxiety of like showing work, I have to be very controlled about what's included. So I will usually have selected like what I want to be shown and like play around with different groupings like well in advance. So I just kind of know what I'm going to see there and what other people are going to see there. But it's it's an interesting connection between like the idea of intuition and the and selecting work i think it's almost like going through uh like all of your stuff when you move or all of your stuff when you're going through a transition and deciding like what's important and what's not important and like making that call i like the metaphor of when you move because there are these these things that you carry with you each time you move mm -hmm. and they sort of stay with you for a long time. So I wonder like in circling back to your comment when we were talking about how the pandemic has affected your process and saying that you've sort of, you've been pursuing other projects and, and, and with that kind of moving metaphor in mind, like I'm curious to know, like if there are sort of like aspects of your work that sort of go dormant or or that you sort of turn away from and then then you've kind of returned to later in your like artistic career the main thing that that I'm trying to like work my way back to at the moment is like making finished works with 
like drawing um, and painting. A project that I'm working on right now is the project that I'm working on right now that I mentioned earlier is like to do with animating and and so it's um, the one that I'm the sequence that I'm currently working on is hand drawn and when uh, my collaborators with Emergencies Collective I'll name drop our collective name when we decided to do the project that we're currently working on I knew that I wanted to do animating because it would involve doing a lot of drawing and by doing all of that repetition it would uh, in effect give me kind of permission to do a lot of drawing and my my education was very steeped in drawing and painting and when I was a student, I really thought that that was what I was going to do. It was going to be like 40 hour work week. I'm just going to like paint. And I fell out of that for a lot of reasons. Um, but I think the ways that I make images in photography is very closely tied to the ideas of making an image that works in painting. And so that's something that I... Uh, still do, as you've seen in like the sketches that I've sent to you in advance of this project. Um, but it's not something that I've come to a point that is at, I think, a professional level or that I would like show to a public. So so that's something that I've been like weighing for a couple of years and still want to do in some capacity, but don't know if that will ever take shape. I'm interested if there are any like specific artists that you like follow more closely or whose work really informs like how you've structured your own practice or like work that you just really like a lot. An artist who I I think a lot about in terms of how they deal with abstraction and oh man, I, I sent you like a list of artists that I was looking at and immediately like no one is coming to mind except someone who's a friend um, which i don't know if that's like that's probably very gauche you can um, name drop a friend <laughs> yeah someone who whose work i think about a lot is uh, jessica bell and uh in the way that that she understands how like abstract objects are not just formalism and behave in the world and that's uh she's someone who's perspective I've like deeply appreciated in in art and other things cool well I'm so appreciative of that we sit down and chat and I I'm so glad that we're a few weeks before the vitrine show officially opens so we're sort of gearing up to be back in the space uh, officially and um, get such a thrill so I'm really I'm really happy we could sit down and chat uh, in advance of that. And I invite anyone who's listening to please check out Adrian's show uh, in the vitrines at 41 Richmond at Gallery 44. Um, and the show will run from September 10th to October 23rd. Yeah, and thank you so much, Adrian, for joining me. Thank you. This was a lovely conversation. Thank you for your um, really generous questions. This was great.